ship sailing out to sea. Will you come party with me in my castle? In my castle? In my castle? In my castle? Welcome to Entertainment Quest. I'm your host, J. Remy B. But as you guys know, you can call me Remy. I'm here today with the only Star Wars nerd that I can harass, Joss. Hello. And for the first time, we are joined by our lovely movie knowledge master, K. Castro B. You can say hi if you want. Oh, hey, yeah. What's up, guys? <laughs> hi. And as promised, we are here today to discuss the finale of Andor, give our thoughts on the entire series, what we predict for the future season. Um, Obviously, if you guys listened to our first podcast, then you know we went through a lot of things leading up to this finale. So some stuff might be rehashed, but we're also getting KCB's perspective, Kate Castro. So we're just going to jump right into it. What do you guys think of that finale? I think it was a pretty good payoff. I mean, I wasn't really disappointed at all. I mean, that's what I can say about it. Like, I don't we're going to go way more into it, but that's just kind of like a first overall feeling about it. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. Um, it's kind of a bit of what we predicted as far as returning to Ferex and having a huge, uh, a huge kind of climactic scene. Hey, Castro, do, do you have any uh, feelings towards it? No, none whatsoever. None? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it was... No, it was really good. Like, I um, I thought it was probably some of the best uh, Star Wars well, content I've seen in quite some time, overall. And then I thought the finale was just like, you know, like Josh said, it was a really good payoff, and Everything by the end of the show just felt very, very, like, everything felt earned. Everything felt, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's the word to say, like, earned. Yeah, like, they had, like, it very naturally kind of explains how someone like Andor, who started out kind of for himself, just eking Mm -hmm. it to the next job, eking it to the next day, would even go about joining something higher than himself, like a a cause, a rebellion cause. I think it was really natural feeling. Yeah, very Like, I very felt like um you know i i think we all kind of saw it coming but you know the minute i think it's just before you get into the finale it's like the very last five minutes of the uh what do you call it the second to finale episode or the second to last episode uh where he's at the payphone and he's calling back you know to see how um god what was her name mars his mother mars marva 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 yeah okay marva don't want to butcher Marva's name, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he finds out that oh, that she she had passed, and I knew that, you know, if something was going to have to happen to her to kind of be like the catalyst for him, to, you know, to realize that okay, like I need to I need to fulfill this purpose, or you know, I need to finally, you know, I need to finish what she started, like you know, without yeah, her, he- you know, none of this really gets like off the ground, you know, so to so to speak, you know, like she was kind of like she was the main like sweat blood was, tears of the re- well of a good well, she portion was of the his reason for caring i don't think he would have really cared otherwise but yeah i think she was his reason to care about any of this and that um motivates him to 100%. be like okay i i may be out of guilt maybe i don't know misguided like 
guilt loyalty, but he wanted to carry out uh, kind of what her dream was. I I, I want to throw in the the, the prison yeah. aspect of that because I think when he was mm-hmm. getting everyone free, the stuff that Luthen said to him when uh when they were on the ship on like this uh, third episode end of the third episode beginning of the fourth episode, um, Luthen is talking uh, like giving. Cassian the choice to you know like kill him take the ship uh be dropped off somewhere and keep running or you know fight um which is what Cassian's been doing his whole life but without direction and then Mm. in the prison he's you know rallying the the prisoners the inmates like I don't think he's a hundred percent doing it just so he gets free I think he's starting to see um the the like what what's going on and like taking the fight to the empire because the phone call the phone call even like he's trying to quickly like be like marv would you be proud of me you would be proud of me and what i'm doing yeah you think he would have said that i so what i told her yeah i i well no he i think he physically when he's trying to get the message because he's trying to leave the message really quick and then the uh the the dude um who's taking the call the i guess he like coordinates um like transit or something he's like whoa cassian hold on like your your mom's dead i can't give her the message Mm. because she's not here anymore but i'm pretty sure maybe i'm making it up but i'm 90 percent sure that he does have a line where he's like you would be proud of me like tell her that you know that she'd be proud of what i've oh yeah so i i think he's starting to well he's like, a reluctant hero it's, yeah. it's the reluctant hero arc where he you see him he tried to get away and he got ensnared right back into the empire i think he's you know just like mark said it's a rust that's spreading i think he's starting to realize oh i i'm never going to escape this fully i will be kind of running for the rest of my days um yeah. so i should just turn around and fight yeah because i mean he was doing essentially nothing to get caught and thrown into prison so yeah he's living his life yeah so Mm -hmm. so there's literally nothing he can do to escape the i also really appreciate um sorry i always i also really appreciate the fact that um i don't think i've heard this level of like swearing or cursing in a star wars property before (laughs) but he said literally fight these bastards like I don't think I've ever heard anyone in the Star Wars franchise up to this date refer to the Empire as just fucking bastards. Not that they said fucking, but, you know, <laughs> to that level, like, totally like we to. hate these people. They're despicable. They're deplorable, you know. Like, gah, we're just like, we need to get rid of these, you know, a-holes. I said assholes. I don't know why I'm censoring myself. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's just like, it really is, you know. Like, I, I think what's so great about the show, too, because it's been like, 40 well, let me do math here 23 20 like roughly almost 45 plus years of like star wars you know um movies and shows and all that and then prequel, you know we, yeah like we've obviously seen the empire at you know in action you know we know what they're about what they do but this show i think even like you know and this is like what the upteenth or you know different you know star wars show spinoff property prequel whatever but the fact that they're still able to, like, you know, unveil more layers of just how corrupt and how, you know, just dickish the, the Empire is in, in general. You know, like, there was, like, new, 
areas of torture that they were showing us. There was, you know, all these, like, you know, the prison methods that they have, you know, the fact that they were killing people, you know, just to, I mean, yeah, because there was a mistake made with one uh, with one of the inmates, and they said, all right, well, fuck it, I guess, you know, not if one's not going to get out, then none of them are going to get out, or that, that, that type of deal, and I was like, oh my god, these... These guys are motherfuckers. Like these guys are really just like the scum of the entire galaxy. Well, they were taking it as the the free labor that it was. They essentially would spirit these guys away and then yeah. hold them in this high security detention and then give them string them along with this false hope, which is really the terrible part of it. Is that they yes. gave them this false hope they're getting out. And it's and great that you used the word hope them. too. Yeah, yeah. this show was all about getting to a new hope. You, know, you got to have the false hope before you get to experience a new hope. <laughs> You lose it, all it all comes together. <laughs> and no, before it... we pivot to more points, I just want to say, it, I just loved how the, um, the post-credit sequence of the finale was literally just looking at all the little spider bots they were making in prison. That was literally... Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, yes. they moved back to Death it. Star. And I'm like, that was very God, if that's if that's not like what actual life prison, like in our reality, you know, prison, you know, like they're taking, you know, they're taking incarcerated inmates... You know, just random people that might not even be guilty, but they're using their labor to do stuff. You're like to, you relevant know. dialogue on modern day <laughs> issues. Exactly, exactly. Like, it, and I know some people are going to have issues with that because obviously people are like, oh, don't put politics in my Star Wars or my, you know, my. It's always been there. It's always yeah, been But it's like, I mean, you got wars in the title, man. I mean, how do you think you get to war? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Like, those robots, the little bots putting a little, like, shield. Like little caps or little screws in between the the shields, and is it mm. just the the poeticness of Andor having had a hand and the thing that will kill him years from now? Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Like, that is just crazy that that weapon, the little like warning shot, what do they do on that planet? Is what kills him years later, which is like it's man. yeah, it, it's it's so fucking poetic, honestly. But at the same time, it yeah. it also does show like you could do whatever for the empire you could be a prisoner you know trying to pay off your sentence you could be a bystander just practicing their laws and you're all feeding this corrupt machine that's you know probably going to nuke your planet eventually (laughs) for one reason or another to be made an example of to uh actually you know because they think you're housing a rebellion like they, they don't the empire you're just, chill, you're just chilling on a beach and all you're of a sudden just, yeah. you're just being arrested <laughs> yeah like yeah. no i mean I, I find it hilarious that in a show that takes place in outer space or in a whole franchise that takes place out you can still get racially profiled or whatever like, <laughs> like no, that, it was like what you're dressing what you dressed yeah. like because you saw the guys that were running and i guess i could mm-hmm. kind of see why they looked the at outfits. him and thought that but it was still it was like, so i'm so sorry silly. imperial stormtrooper for looking brown at two o'clock p.m you know <laughs> in a nice sunny afternoon next to a crime scene i'm so sorry you know <laughs> and yeah. i remember i did i did um listen to a little bit of your guys last episode i remember jocelyn you made the point or you brought it up to um you know when that whole moment happened you said that like as you guys were trying to discuss if you had any issues with work, uh, with what the show's done so far, if anything just didn't quite add up. And you had made the point that it felt kind of contrived or maybe a little bit like kind of like forced to have them arrested like that, just like in that yeah. particular scene. Like it kind of just came out of left field. And, you know, I mean, even, even his character was like, what, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm just a tourist. Like, I'm literally just a tourist. I was walking I'm around. Here, yeah. You know? Yeah. 
yeah. maybe that was them trying to add more social commentary to like what actually you know goes on in real life too, you know, in our own world. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, in a corrupt system it's that funny. could just happen to you. Yeah, and it's funny too because like without that moment, you don't even get like the whole second half of Andor with him going to prison and oh, yeah. you know building, you know, getting more of that, you know, that, um, that insp- you know, that that rebellious fire in his belly, like oh, you know, fuck the Empire, like we got to do something <laughs> to stand against them. And we also would have not gotten a really great, which I thought was just going to be a quick cameo, but it was actually a good three episode uh, character arc performance from uh, Andy Serkis. Oh, like, yeah. I know, that was amazing. Yeah, he actually keep adding well him in this franchise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so nice to see him as a non CGI character in the Star Wars universe. It's so good to not see him as, as Snoke. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it kills me. It fucking killed me, too, right when they're about to jump off, you know, go, you know, be free men again. He's in the last scene, he says, like, I can't swim. And it, they literally just leave you with that, like. He's like, I don't know how to swim. I can't swim. And you're like, oh well, my god, what? When you think about it, there's probably whole planets out there that don't really have a body of water. Oh, yeah. There's, no, oh, yeah, there's no. probably no, like, unified school district that, like, teaches kids everywhere how to swim. You're, you're kind of on your own. And, you know, I guess if you don't learn how to swim, you're you're SOL. You know, you're just, you know, good yeah. luck. If you, you ever get you know, shipped off. On every planet. <laughs> yeah, if you get shipped off to an ocean planet, I guess good luck, you know. <laughs> It, um, I think that does a good point. I mean, it, Castro, I do like your your points about how it, it parallels like everyday stuff because I think this show definitely does. Um, and we yeah. could spend a whole episode talking about those comparisons on its own, but it, you know, everything from, you know, the the swimming, you know, <laughs> like if just because yeah. you live inland and you're not near a beach doesn't mean you shouldn't know how to swim. You never know when oh, that's going to come up. Um, in a weird sense, sorry, I, I know you were about to say something right there, Muffin. No, you're or, or, sorry, not uh, uh, Joss. <laughs> I was calling you by your Discord handle for a second. There. <laughs> uh, my bad, guys. Anyways, but one thing that I really did like about this show, I, I'll say this a lot throughout this podcast, but in particular, like one thing that definitely kept me hooked more than so much, uh, more so than the other Star Wars shows and movies as of recent, is that these characters actually felt very relatable. Like mm-hmm. they felt yeah. very much. Like just, I, and I'm gonna say it people. again. They felt like people in our own world, just living and trying to get by in this, you know, grandiose, big, you know, never-ending Star Wars universe. You know, like you and Deidre. Just... Like I find myself rooting for her, and then I realize, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. She works for the Empire. And I'm like, I'm a yeah. guest girl. You know, like, like find she's the trying ring, to f- yeah, get to climb. the top, prove yourself. You're like, oh wait. If she gets to the top and she's competent, that means the Empire is going to be that much more dangerous and competent with her. Exactly. You know, at a top position. She's on the oh, wait, wrong side of that be, fence. Yeah, I, mean, I shouldn't be, you know, rooting for her. You know, I can't yeah. just explain like, that. But every like, character in the show had very clear goals, and they all had really strong motivations to get to their goals. You know, which always for a strong, you know, makes for great storytelling. You know, when you don't have necessarily one weak character, you know, like you could find yourself rooting for this one. For this person, for that person, you know, despite whether they're on the good, bad, whatever side, like, you know, it's just nice to get lost in a show where you really are just like kind of like enraptured in every single character's, you know, well-being or their own like self journey mission, however you want to phrase it. Like, yeah, I like, I, like I said, I mean, like, you know, like oftentimes I often have to like, you know, kind of power through like some of the other Star Wars properties. It's not, it's not to say that you know. I think any less of Star Wars than I do other certain franchises or other pop culture, you know, mediums or whatever. 
Uh, I mean, I love sci-fi in general. Like, sci-fi is one of my favorite genres of all time. And obviously, you can't even touch sci-fi without even mentioning, or without not without not mentioning, you know, the granddaddy, which is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, and how <laughs> well, much that it's given to. Well, <laughs> Dune. Oh, true. But, uh, I mean, I yes. Mean, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. I know Star Wars wasn't the first. Obviously, Star Wars was not the first. There was plenty of sci-fi properties that came before Star Wars. And even George Lucas will say that, you know, most of Star Wars was inspired by movies he saw back from, like, the 30s and 40s. Like, I think he got inspired S- by... Seven Samurai was one. Yeah, and if you guys have heard of an old movie called Metropolis or whatever, I think it's called Metropolis. It's like, but the one of the two main characters is, like, kind of like a tin man-looking character in, like, a small little robot that does kind of, like, move on wheels. And I think he said, like, that's where he got the main inspiration to do R2-D2 and C-3PO. Like, if you, if you take that image from that movie and compare it to the characters from Star Wars, like, you can see, like, where he kind of, like, uh, got that inspiration from. Yeah, getting but getting back to Andor, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of people are very hesitant when they're like, there's no lightsabers, where's the Force, and where's <laughs> all the other stuff that we know Star Wars for? Yeah, and they always whine about that, and it's like, well, there's a whole universe just outside of Luke Skywalker exactly. and all these characters and- that they never touch, and it gets boring because they retread, read, they retread that same uh, themes and characters, and I'm glad they're kind of exploring, you know, why yeah. the Empire is so evil. I, and, I agree, 100%. Right, and even more so to that to that very point, uh, Joss. You know, the fact that this is still Star Wars, but at the end of the day, if you were to remove the Star Wars, you know, blueprint or like the the cover image or whatever, like this would still be a really like great show on its own. Like, yeah, it stands on its own. The writing stands on its own, and so many you know directors are, that are fan, oh, I'm a lifetime fan of Star Wars. I'm so excited. They mm-hmm. almost forget to make sure that it can stand on its own two legs as a story, and really kind of try to prop it up with remember this, remember this right. character, remember this, where it's like, okay, but you remove all yeah. of that, what do you have left? You, you have yeah, nothing. like, nostalgia is the easiest way to get fans back in their, back in the seats, or back, you know, with their eyes, you know, or, like, that. that's how you're always going to land consumers, if you just keep feeding them nostalgia. However, you know, with that, you know, you do get, there's always going to be fatigue, or you're always going to be kind of like, you know, oh, God, like, God, I've seen this, like, I don't know, like, how many times now, you know, like, it's the same arc, it's the same story uh, story thread it's the same um setup and payoff you know like like i don't know how many times you could just you know kind of shine it up again and then re repackage it and then you know expect people exactly. to support it you know i mean at i mean at the end of the day star wars is always going to do some level of success because it's it's fucking star wars but oh it's built know, in yeah but yeah. it's like a lot of them take that permission yeah. and i have to try so hard but i think to this like... show's success is like what works best for it is that it almost feels like it feels like it, like you know, like like we were just saying, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it very much felt like you know, like you know, because people were asking like, well, where's the force? Like, where's the lightsabers? You know, where's all this stuff? You know, like you know, where's our classic Star Wars? You know, content that we usually get every time they do a new Star Wars show or movie. But I love this so much because it very much felt like the most un-Star Wars thing they've done in a long time. But which is very, I think Star it's even Wars. better for that. Yeah, like George I think Lucas has gone on record to say that he doesn't want to retread the same themes, the same, like, style or genre overall. Obviously, right. like, you can tell 4, 5, and 6 are meant to be 
back-to-back movies because of the characters and the storyline. But according to George himself, he, you know, specified each movie to have a bit of a different genre to it. And he didn't want to take those, you know, that's why episode one, two, three feels so different from the original series, too. It's just because he didn't want to retread those exact themes or redo all those, you know, kind of high points and low points and and all that stuff. So it's like you can definitely pick out like obviously there's, um, you know, episode four, they destroyed the Death Star. Episode one, they destroyed the Trade Federation blockade. So there's certain things that obviously feel like they were rehashed. But whether George like directly wanted it that way or there was... Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that, but I, yeah, whether George wanted it that way or it was something more like the the company at that point was like, hey, you kind of have to have this big climactic, you know, space I battle. Your at explosion the end. quota. Yeah, your where's your explosion quota? Where's your explosion quota? Come on, that may yeah. come out later as something that he didn't really. I mean, like if that's the case, for, you might as well just have Michael Bay direct every single Star Wars movie. No, show. no, oh, no, no, no. Keep I, that. Keep that far no. away from my. Keep <laughs> that. Yeah. We won't speak uh, that one into existence. <laughs> explosions, over-sexualized aliens, and the way the camera pans around their ass so precisely. And you're like, no. what am I watching? This feels like a glorified music video, but with a lot of explosions. <laughs> Gosh. But uh, yeah. honestly, so like we so we discussed that we all thought that the the finale was was a good payoff, like it felt earned and it felt glorious. But but let let's kind of like go through some of the beats of that because, um, mm-hmm. when, as soon as the 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 episode opened up for me, I felt there was like a good tone shift. Like it almost felt like we were. We were back in that moment where where Cassian shot the two uh, guards. Yeah, it, it was, felt it's that dark. dark, that gritty, that like something is very uncomfortable right now. Yeah, uh, which like, I quite, quite for the storm, something yeah. that like you're not quite right. Yeah, and yeah, you well, obviously tensions were rising. You could definitely feel the tension rising from the very opening of the finale, and then mm-hmm. you know getting to, um, well. Like- the guy making a bomb in his shop while yeah. looking at the other guy that got killed uh, when him and Bix were taken in. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure building. the guy who was making the bomb was the son of the first... Um, uh, yeah, well, it was he... the owner of the shop that Bix used to be like, hey, can yes. I go to the back? Yeah. And it was the owner guy. He got taken in with Bix because um, he discovered that uh, transmitting device. So right. I think, yeah, he got killed. Oh, is that his son then? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his son. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he was making the bomb because he just wanted. I think he was going to, like, I. What's crazy to me is I don't think Cassian went to that planet to really start shit. But once he found out Bix was in prison, he's like, oh, hell no. Yeah, well, I mean, you you don't have to do much. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, the the town was already on the breaking point. Oh, I, I travel halfway across the universe just pay for ass. I'd be like, no, I'm not gonna let my gold be imprisoned like that and be tortured like that. I mean, not, I don't even think he knew the level of torture that she was being, you know. No, uh, dealt I, with, doubt. I doubt he, they had time very, to explain that. Yeah, but just the very mentioning of like, oh, they have Bix. So like, oh, like, you know, 
she's been taken or whatever. You know, and immediately he's like, "Oh, not on my watch." You know, well, like, that's his priority. Yeah, to get her out. Yeah, I, like I mean, that, he already you know? lost his mom, not due to the empire specifically, but you know, I mean, just everything that's been happening to to Andor, he he definitely, I imagine, felt the need to to fight. He back takes a lot take... of licks throughout the series. Like it's just you know, it's one small. It's like it starts off small, but then it gets you know, he's taken more and more you know throughout the series, and then obviously when he gets that call or when he makes that call, rather you know about his mom. And then you know, like he's like, all right, it's time to it's like time to really get down to business, you know. Like I've taken enough of the Empire's shit. Now it's time to actually stand up and you know do something about it. Yeah, and he was so he was so um, quick with just knowing what to do, who to talk to, and get those plans sorted. Because obviously we ne- we didn't get to see any of that plan making, which maybe for better or worse uh, I could go either way on that like it would be kind of cool if we saw the interactions and how that plan came to be instead of just its execution but at the same time right yeah it does show like obviously in the first three episodes we know how close Ferrix is like with their people and everything um not to yeah. mention this and also whole the fact that uh, service yeah. is another and that Cassian is like a like like a is a full blown like nomad, you know. He's just a guy. He's always moving, you know. The guy like almost never sits still. Like, he's constantly like, a character he, of action. Well, he it seems more also running from sort of his problems. Like he owes that one guy money, the one that ends up kind of giving away his position. Like he owes money. He's you know running maybe from yeah, his dude, past, dude. from Fix, <laughs> from yeah. That so going back to that guy. I yeah, I almost completely forgot he existed existed and then As soon as I saw his face, I was like, Oh fuck no. <laughs> well, he was having a conversation with that guy in the bar. Um, I think it was Zan I've heard the guy's name uh, he's talking to. And he seemed almost like he got information from Zan or he's like, Oh, you know, I, I wouldn't bet on Andor not coming back. I think yeah. he kinda of, tipped off mm. the Empire or Deidre or whoever to like, hey, yeah, it's confirmed Andor's coming back. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was just trouble. And he ends up just dying uh, from that explosion off screen. And he never really has like a huge arc, which not everyone needs it, you know. Um, but it was just kind of interesting how they handled that character and brought him back. Yeah. I I mean, like, I, I, I hope we're talking about the same person. Because the, the guy that Cassian owed money to, where you see in, like, the first episode where he hired, yeah. like... Uh, the the big, alien, big alien dude alien. Yeah. yeah yeah so like yeah i i mean obviously oh, yeah. his, that his guy bodyguard. was yeah the body the bodyguard <laughs> he was just kind of paid to stand there and look yeah. menacing but like you brought um, muscle he brought muscle but the yeah like i i just knew like i i was like okay this guy wants his money he's he's gonna assume that the empire is gonna pay him for for churning in cassian you know they're looking for him and everything so obviously he's gonna try to dig up dirt and just every scene that he was in i was like ah dude like i'm i'm mad at you (laughs) i'm just like you know and and i think it was great too when um Jumping a little ahead to the uh, eulogy or the speech that Marv gives in the in the hollow, um, yeah. it cuts to each person. You know, like obviously the people who are there at the funeral who who swear by the Ferrix and everything it is and stands for over the years, and then cuts to him, um, and he's just kind of you. You see a little bit of shame 
kind of shine through where it was like, well, shit, I just sold out one of these people, you know, hit, yeah. you know, the adopted son of, of, of Marv. And it's like, you know, you, you really do kind of see like, wow. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of a real piece of shit. I won't, I also won't a hundred percent say whether or not he's dead or not, because obviously the explosion happened and glass floor. broke in. Yeah, but he, he, he could floor. have been knocked unconscious. I, I won't say one way or another for certain yet. Um, we can yeah. assume he's dead for all intended purposes. I mean, it is Star Wars. It's not like Game of Thrones. Where's the body? Where's the body? <laughs> so, uh, it, I mean, it's, if you say that, it means that you know Kino and Andy Serkis from the well, last Well, that episode, potentially but... too. I just don't know yeah, if they want to afford him. him. <laughs> But yeah. it, it it is possible. I mean, we may see some some revisits because I mean, you know, I imagine this next arc is probably going to be more of like developing the rebellion. Like this whole first season was yeah. Andor's well, journey Andor to signed, join it. Signed on, and he's full yeah. in. Um, so, I heard um, just reading here there. I don't know if this is just alleged or true, but I heard it's going to be some time skips in the next season. Oh, um, so, I think I think I I think this is what I read that there'd be like it'll go up from like month months to years to kind of get them up to that point of when the uh, Rogue One movie yeah. happens. I mean, they have I, a planned end for yeah, the series to that, put yeah. Andor. That would be good. Where the yeah. events of Rogue One happen? Because obviously they could you know disney could really want to try to milk this series and be like oh it's you know one season every six months or one season a you know year and died. you know <laughs> no, no spoiler they all die in rogue one i mean yeah <laughs> ultimately yeah and i think too like... this show is only planned to have two seasons in its entirety just i mean i think just given the fact that you know well we all i know, know it was what the end it was given the, the end result is two seasons. rogue one you know and i think the creators I'm probably just pulling this out of thin air or whatever, but I think it was said that, yeah, they did, it wrote it out so specifically, so that way, you know, it wouldn't feel like, you know, just fan service. Like, they didn't want this show to feel like any kind of fan service whatsoever. Like, they wanted to have, you know, explicit storytelling, you know, with, you know, with, With you know, very intricate. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With intent purposes and, you know, genuine arcs, and they also wanted to, you know, they didn't want to have it, be stretched out so far, you know, to where it would feel, you know, like, like, quote unquote, milked, essentially, because, you know, we all know what, like, like I just said, like, you know, like, yeah, with Rogue plenty... One, like, we all know wh- how, where it's going to end, so, you, you, you know, they probably figured, okay, two seasons, we could get, we get, we can get everything we need and nothing more out of those two seasons, like, we don't need to take it anywhere past that, otherwise, yeah. you know, it just feels like they're playing the whole, like, oh, yeah, we got a good thing going here, let's just, do a whole new season every year you know let's really you know let's 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 milk this cash cow so to speak but they got other shows for that and other pro- movies that they already do that with enough in the star wars universe yeah you know? like they're, mandalorian they will be coming back for season projects. three i think in february which i'm not yep. taking shots at mandalorian because mandalorian i mean i is a fun show as well and i think it's pretty good overall but you know it does obviously you know it has to cater to some level of fan service too i mean that baby Yoda, man, you know, like baby There's Yoda. Like, to the well, mouse. They, they're definitely like that series, and uh, obviously, when that show drops, we'll be doing stuff for that. But um, oh yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I overall, I mean, with the with introducing Ahsoka, bringing back the um, 
the like Mandalorians themselves and and the dark saber and everything like that that show is heavily tied in to a lot of the other series that are going on right now uh andor is just something so special where they're you know like like you all said like it's a very planned out they they understand what they want from this series and they're not doing that fan service where they're going to be like oh yeah surprise yeah. that you know andor meets obi-wan and doesn't realize it ha 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 um yeah, yeah no, i'm no, so glad they didn't do yeah. that like they handed <clears throat> the, the series to tom gilroy and you know knowing his pedigree where he comes from in mm-hmm. he wrote it you know not as a star wars story but as a um a little bit of like a war story because he also was on rogue one um, yeah so he knew what he was doing and what he wanted to take this and uh yeah i think it was a very refreshing take on uh the universe of star wars yeah. yeah, and can we not lie here? Like, I mean, maybe with the exception of Episode uh, Seven, The Force Awakens, like Rogue One was probably <laughs> the strongest, if not the second best, uh, movie of this of this latest Star Wars. You know, uh, it was like the Captain America yeah. of the Avengers universe. <laughs> I feel like, Essentially, like, yeah. You know, and that doesn't have all these like, well, not like superhero like like Vision. You don't have all these bigger than life people. Right. It's, more or less the uh you know relatively normal people um mm-hmm. relatively normal say in quotes because you know it's still way different than us yeah. um like it's just it ordinary everyday people but even to that you know it felt extra ordinary therefore extraordinary see what i did there uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like you know sometimes you don't you know you don't need all the i mean I mean, obviously, spectacle is nice at the end of the day. You know, we all eat it. We all love it. But it's nice to just kind of, like, peel back, you know, like, oh, this person, you know, he can't fly. He can't shoot laser beams or he doesn't have, you know, force pull or whatever, you know. But, it, you know, when you're just rooting for average, everyday people, you know, just regular Joes, so to speak, you know. But the fact that they can, you know, pull together and do something incredible, you know, just because, you know, they have, you know, relatable ideas and, you know. Well, these are the people that made it goals, possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Like Luke Skywalker or yeah. Leia to do what they had done. They were the the stairs. They were the steps up for these extraordinary heroes to even do what they mm-hmm. could have done. Right? If, like if Luke or Leia, or, uh, okay, who else um, would have walked in? Like at this point of the Empire, I don't think they would have gotten far. But had it not been for people like Luthen or Mon or yeah, no, you know Ghanas Luthen, or any yeah, people no. building up this kind of on ramp to what is the rebellion by the time our big heroes that put the final nail in the coffin come around and so yeah. this really especially with Luthen's whole speech where you know he knows he's probably not going to be well known he knows he's going to die before he yeah. even gets his like, in a way through, these guys but... are kind of like uh, they're like the little guys of the Star Wars universe they're like oh you know like like people like oh we never mentioned the little guys enough you know the people that were you know that were like the blood sweat and tears of how this all came to be or how we got to this point like you know they kind of get swept under the rug almost so to speak yeah well, very much very much like yeah Night, i haven't I, seen rogue one in quite a while but sorry sorry I, but yeah, i think there's good. like a scene towards the end and i think it's just right after they blow up you know the death star or, or sorry not not the, well the, well, it's after they get the Death Star plans out of that planet. Yeah, but there's something on that planet that they destroy that uh, I think is now, like, it causes, like, a tidal wave that basically wipes out the whole planet. And I know there's a scene with Andor, Cassian, and then um, 
Felicity Jones character, whose name escapes me from that movie, uh, that helped him, you know, along the way in that movie. And they're just sitting there, like, on the beach watching, you know, their demise come towards them, you know, as a giant tidal wave. And I think, I don't know if they said this line, but I felt like it was something along the lines of, like, you know, they may not even remember what we did, or, or I think, like, they won't know who we are, but they'll remember this moment, you know, for eons to come. So, you know, like, yeah. That's going to be something that's going to live the with action, everybody. Not the people. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's you know I think that's that's to the heart of the characters of the show. It's like you know they they are just like they feel like every you know they feel like well, you're every day you know that that's good kind of because I wanna working, I wanna mention <laughs> the the manifesto. Oh yeah. Because yeah, we catch Cassian listening to that. Um, yeah. In the finale, you see him and that was. Um, it was a Nemix. Nemix. Yeah, I had a right down too. I was like, oh, what's that? That was a kid's name, Nemix. Yeah, Nemix. That sounds Nemix. right. Uh, I did. I actually forgot to because I, I honestly didn't, didn't think that that was going to be brought back. I, I kind of forgot about the manifesto entirely. But it was so cool to see right. him listening to that right before. Yeah, actually you know... listening to it because he, the kid wanted him to listen to it. He's like, oh yeah, here you go. I just want you to listen to it. And then you know he passes away and all this. And I think. You know, it does also speak to Andor's character that he actually did end up giving it a listen. Yeah, that was that the kid, kid that uh, got his legs broken listen. when they took off after the uh, after they. Yeah, well, he the flew character, and right? he broke his spine. Yeah, yeah. Spine oh, okay, right. Yeah. yeah, crushed. <laughs> it's hard to come yeah. back from that one. Yeah, broken legs is one thing, but a broken spine. Yeah, the two cargo <laughs> things just crunched him, and he was alive and all that. Yeah. yeah, I know it was Lime. so sad. Lime was another thing I think um, that was reused in in this uh, final episode. They they were there was something. I, I was it this one or was it last episode? I think it was this episode where where they mentioned climbing, like we have to climb out um, of the oh. of the empire's uh, grass. I don't. I you know I should have done another like watch through because I'm when that stormtrooper sure was that climbing those stairs that was <laughs> representative of the climb of the climb, <laughs> of the climb. Yeah. oh man that I, you guys was are sitting. talking about miley cyrus's climb right that song she did from all those years ago yeah. <laughs> oh yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> like that stormtrooper getting no, sparta kicked I, off that tower this is disney. it's all amazing. disney okay i'm just trying to stay on brand all right <laughs> just want to make the uh, let's try to keep proud. them as separate as we can let's be honest <laughs> star wars mm-hmm. did fine without the disney um but no honestly like um yeah with, with the manifesto and then um going back to like um luthan's character and him being there and oh my god i shot bricks like i want to ask like, like okay so luthan traveled all the way there to ensure that like they killed Cassian Andor, right? Was I correct in thinking that? Yeah, yeah. He was he, there to make sure way, because him, Vel, and Cinta were all there, so they they were yeah. probably going to try to box him in again, yeah. assuming that you know Cassian was just going to be there to witness the funeral and sneak away again. Um, yeah. Not obviously not expecting that shit was going to hit a fan, hit the fan so hard, um, but I'm yeah. At least by the by the the final scene where where Andor's in uh, Luthen's ship and he's like, "Oh, you were here to kill me," and Luthen just kind of like 
you know, silently stares at him like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah? No, what about it? Yeah. What, what are you going to do about it, huh? But but it I seems say, like yeah. Marva's, Marva's speech really kind of changed Luthen's mind, or maybe he looked I think at so. her. He's like, oh, the mother of... The, if it's man's mother was like this, maybe it's a mistake to yeah, kill him. Yeah, may, maybe Cassian can come around right. or something. Like, yeah. I, I do think, yeah, that speech, like, that that was another great speech. These monologues, oh, these fucking yeah, speeches. Yeah, this whole season is just bangers. <laughs> We're putting out bangers of speeches. I mean, wow. Just like the writing. I'm just so appreciative. I don't realize how starved I was for good Star Wars dialogue. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and script until this season. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, uh, yeah, how have we it, gotten away with all the other Star Wars? And I think that, you know, I think that's because I might, I might be retreading some old uh, points that I made already and stuff. But I think just to, like, what works in this show's favor a lot, you know, the fact that, you know, it's able, like, yes, it is Star Wars, but I think it was, it had such, like, effortless, um, like, feel for, like, you know, exploring different genres, you know? Like, it, like without straying away from the overall, like, oh, yeah, by the way, you are watching a Star Wars show. But it, the way it was able, you know, to, like, touch on, you know, like, it felt like, you know, a uh, crime thriller to, like, you know, uh, and this, you know like a, a, pr- a political Spy thriller espionage. to a prison break movie to espionage. Like, it had so many la- great layers of, you know, just, like, all these different genres that, you know, I feel like don't get explored enough within the Star Wars universe. And that might yeah, be definitely. due because, you know, producers are like the overall like arching, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it no, was don't stray, definitely don't like get <laughs> far from the, you know, from from the bread and brother, you know, like we like this is Star Wars. Like they know what works for me. Like, so, so don't go off that too much. But, you know, I'm so glad that, you know, these creators, mainly to- uh, Tony Gilroy, which I believe is his name. Who's worked yeah. on some really great shows and movies from the past. Uh, side topic: one of my favorite movies of his of recent is actually this kind of like uh, it's this gritty like night like um, crime thriller from uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal called Nightcrawler. Like, if you guys oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely check it out. Like it's such it's such a re- like that too has a really good character. Like it's all it's like kind of like a dark character study of a guy who's driven by bring, like by doing underground like you know like gritty news like. Like, you know, one of the lines they say in that movie is like, oh, if it bleeds, it leads, pointing out to the fact that, like, if you're if you're chasing down, you know, the most brutal and most, you know, like, uh, you know, torturing, like, like crime scenes or, or like, you know, murders or all that stuff like that, like, you know, that's a that's what boosts up ratings. Like, all the news ratings are boosted up by, on just how graphic or how, you know, tragic, you know, the uh, the incident is. And he's all about, like, getting there at the – like – I don't. Oh, I don't want to go too much off topic with that, but it is a really, really yeah. great movie. It showcases what that direct, you know, like the kind of gritty storytelling that the director is known for, or what he likes to, what he likes to tackle. Yeah, um, he's also a producer on House of Cards. That kind of shows a lot of. Uh, he has a lot of. What is that genetics? Has a lot of background DNA yeah. in this type. And of also, writing. you know, people know House. Even if you haven't watched the show, you know House of Cards has obviously stuff to do with you know, politics and things going in and out of the White House, you know, like the, like those type of figures, you know, and you know how those type of figures talk. So, you know, when it comes like you hear these conversations with uh, the political double speak, I guess. You would yeah. Say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If like it, it, it sounded so sharp, to, like so fine tuned and so sharp, you know, like, like, you, like, I was, it was almost like watching a C-SPAN, you know, like 
Congress meeting or some shit like that. You know, like they like they know we know exactly what the fuck they're doing here. You know, they're playing their little like oh power game, but you know, the way they talk about it, and the way they go into detail about like oh yeah, this that you know we're doing this now, we're doing that. You know, like you're in charge of you know like all those different factors. You know, of... yeah, how Mon talks to like her her husband uh, Perrin, how she was talking to that other. Uh... What her ex boyfriend who was there at the party hey, she's yeah. met up with him. Oh yeah. 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 You know, it's very, very like clever political double speak and you know, anything you listen you listen to that and you can't directly call her like, Yeah, hey, you're a rebel sympathizer because there's reasonable doubt in everything that she's saying. Yeah. Um, but those who know what she's saying and know how to like um you know, disentangle all of her double meanings, like it it means something different to many different people. And you see that yeah. where their driver, even the driver overhears her, I guess, setting the little groundwork for a reasonable doubt with her husband's gambling right. debt. Yeah, that that was very clever. And, I Yeah, it pays off later when you see him directly reporting <laughs> to it's, the ISP. It's that, it's that attention to detail, too. Like, with, with what they're... What, I mean, that's not just one of the only key scenes that shows just how great the storytelling is and, like, how detailed and how planned out all these little, you know, moments are. But, like, I mean, it, I mean, it, it just, you know, and it works so much in this in this show's favor to, like, really just, you know, not leave little things, you know, out, like, out of, uh, out of context like that. You know, like, no, we want them to see this. We want them to hear we want him to, you know, notice what this character is saying to that person. You know, like he's so good at giving payoff. He rewards you for yeah. paying attention. He rewards you for being, oh, I noticed this. And some while later, you see that person talking to this person. So all of it, nothing is wasted, and yeah. that's really nice. It's um, very true. Actually, when I say that, and part of me immediately thought of um, the storyline with Cassian's sister, which we haven't really seen any payoff for. Yeah. Really, you no. Know, what they're doing with that is it going to be a next season uh arc is this a you know over the entire two seasons sort of story arc um it's really kind of hard to know it really yeah like i i part of me hopes that it isn't a loose thread that gets left alone but i don't think i'd yeah. have too many issues if it does kind of just evaporating it'll always be one like, of those yeah, things yeah. where it's like Mm-hmm. Wait, that's how you started this this whole series? Is he was looking for his sister, and now we're just never yeah. going to talk about it again? Like, what the heck? But overall, I mean, this season yeah. has stand on its I legs mean, without needing. Obviously, that. you know, priorities shifted in a in a very big way throughout this. Uh, oh, definitely. This first yeah, yeah. yeah. But even then, you know, focus. like obviously, I'm sure Cassian at, at the core of him is still very much like need to know where my sister is like i still i'm very curious as to where my well, sister that might is. be I, that might be i won't rest till i find her but you know maybe that will come up again to some degree in the next season maybe I not think, for the uh, entire next season but for maybe the first or maybe middle portion of i mean who knows you know i don't know how they'll how they'll go about it but i don't think i don't i, I mean these writers very much impressed me with this first season that i don't think they would just simply let that slip off to and be like, oh yeah, we'll just hopefully the audience forgets that we started out with him trying to find his sister, and then we just never go back to that at all. Like, I'm sure it will probably come up again. Yeah, it'd be very odd if they never touched on that again. Yeah, what I can yeah. see them doing with that possibly is maybe um, after one of the time skips, or or maybe just you know if if the next if the first episode of the next season is a time skip or something, um, maybe the ISB has tracked her down and uses 
her against him in some way um maybe cassian gets so wrapped up into doing the rebellion stuff he does genuinely forget to keep like he doesn't have time to like look for her or keep track of trying to like find leads and stuff he's too busy you know fighting the fight and right. uh and then like the, the more and more he moves up to be like, kind of like the higher ranks of the rebellion so to speak like maybe i mean i don't know if they'll take it this way too but maybe they'll touch on like him maybe forgetting about the people that were there from the beginning so to speak um, well i'm but, not sure about that i mean that's the whole idea of the rebellion is to remember yeah. these these kinds of roots you know i mean we we do see that um yeah and, it, i mean that would kind of um, go against his whole character i mean like that wouldn't like that would not be something that his character would do necessarily, you know, like, Oh, like I've, I've taken on these much grander response these bigger responsibilities now. And I have a much bigger role in this whole thing. And now I, I have forgotten about the people that were there with me from the beginning, or I don't like, yeah, I, I mean, we got to figure out like Bix and Brasso. And, um, mm-hmm. I think there was like one or two other people who escaped, um, you know, and Cassian's like, we'll find, I'll find you. I'll find you. Whether or not that promise is immediately realized because of the potential events um, between mm-hmm. now and second season or, or however yeah. they plan to do it. Um, I, I doubt it's going to be a hundred percent. Oh, they're just left in the wind. Like it seems like they're going to continue that thread as well. And um, either have to have him look for them, or maybe they do a time skip where, where he's already found them. And now they're established rebel agents as well. And they yeah. My guess is they'll probably stuff. that's yeah the later one that you said or the latter one as you said uh, where it'll be like they're already established and he's with them once again already. So I I can see them starting like doing that kind of time skip where yeah, yeah. he found them they're do they're already getting stuff you know set in motion you know they're they they each got the right, you know Andor's family because I, I feel like I know it'd be a little bit of a no Bra- Brasso Bix Brasso, the people okay. who okay. escaped yeah. the yeah. people that escaped on the ship and right before he was like oh don't worry I will find you I, like yeah. I promise you I'll uh, find yeah. you yeah 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 I think like, Brasso back I liked him he was he, he was, was low key he was a solid bloke I mean dude <laughs> the fact that he took Mars freaking British uh, all of a sudden <laughs> what a he's bloke. a solid bloke. He's a solid bloke. <laughs> I mean, I I love the fact that he took Marv's um uh her brick, yeah, her brick, and just fucking bashed it over the. Oh, I know. I, I love that little thing. Where it's like, you know, she actually did get to fight the Empire exactly. as a brick, and just smacking people with it. And I just love that. <laughs> I think she would have so... loved that as a character. Oh, she would have yeah. loved that. You know, yeah, that was such yeah. a great scene for sure. I, I do want to touch on that, too. Uh, we got to see shock troopers for, I think, the first time in a live-action um, sequence, which yeah. I think was really cool. Um, if you've played the Jedi Fallen Order stuff, those guys are dicks. <laughs> so it, it's fun to kind of see them um, represented in another medium. Um, I also want to touch, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in some of the wider shots, when it's all on, like, the groups of people, I noticed that, like, it seemed like a lot of Ferrix's people that were wearing something that very much felt like rebellion colors, like episode six, mm, like kind of this yeah. greenish, um, little, like, autumn-y kind of vibe to it, I guess, is, right. is kind of how it came off. But I, it, when I was I mean, just looking at the shots, right I was here. like, that just... <laughs> 
talks or They're says just dressing rebellion to me. No. I mean, they've always had this sort of visual language with the Empire as opposed to the quote-unquote rebellion or normal yeah. people. And, you know, it's always monochromatic with the Empire, very strict. Um, and then with also the rebellion, it's they're, they're surviving off of what would be like donations or what they find or what they can scrounge. And it very much has that same... You see the visual language start to be developed. Yeah. Um, even I before just... the rebellion exists. Yeah, for me, it just, it felt like it stood out a lot in the finale episode where there's, I partially probably because of the, like, uniforms for um, the representatives of the Daughters of Ferrix and uh, yeah. the funeral service, but I think a lot of the regular people um, who weren't necessarily dressed well, up in that way, they stood yeah. out too to me, but... I, it, I that I mean the whole the whole episode was kind of the spark of the rebellion. It, it brought that oh, yeah, no, that 100%. theme back of just like igniting yeah. people's drive to to rebel against the and empire. If you did notice that, I mean, I didn't catch it necessarily all that much, um, but I'm sure it was no coincidence that, like you said, you know, you saw colors that you know represent you know what the rebellion is, you know, what they wear, what they've worn, you know from the beginning you know those specific like autumn type of colors you know like yeah, reds, warm browns, you know. color yeah like i'm sure that was put there on purpose probably to like you know hint at the fact like hey you know this is where like this is literally like where it takes off you know like getting yeah, back to like exactly. you know, when i said marva was like the catalyst for all this you know just blowing up like literally i mean like they, they literally start you know going <laughs> right through, through a pipe fucking, bomb yeah pipe bombs and you know like uh you know, f- you know, fighting with, you know, anything they could find, you know, using, using blast, you know, picking up blasters off the ground, like real, like Call of Duty stuff, you know, like just ever, like everybody for themselves, like, come on, let, like, you know. Also, co- competent stormtroopers that can actually hit oh, things. Yeah. That's kind of like the series. Yeah. Not stupidly, like, written, uh, yeah, stormtroopers or the soldiers. Like, they're actually intimidating too. They well, are. I don't know. Maybe they don't get enough eye yeah. tests, like throughout the Star Wars franchise. Well, I think there was something that came out a while ago that was saying that the helmets of the stormtroopers are made that in a way that it's actually impairs the vision of the of the wearer. Unfortunately, I think that that oh. was around the time of the sequel trilogy because you have people like um, Finn who take it off a lot. And yeah. kind of like to breathe and everything, even though supposedly, you know, you would think all these or that, you know, suit, that helmet specifically would, you know, mm-hmm. be fine for all that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, that was something cool? on the internet, huh? So they just have it because it looks cool. They, I mean, it like, I, it offers some <laughs> amount of protection and it's a uniform, right? Like, they got to yeah. distinguish between officers and all that yeah i i imagine it offers some amount of protection but whether or not it's good for like actual long range combat or you know things like that i mean the idea the empire as we've seen throughout the series is pointed out to be arrogant to like uh, obliviousness like they're so arrogant that they don't Mm -hmm. assume they have to use all their resources to deal with anything people just aren't going to fucking fight them so why yeah. make yeah. like high quality gear for your you know masses of stormtroopers yeah. like or i just, think there's you know, a part shit. two uh <laughs> right after we see cassian get you know taken to the prison uh on that one uh i'm almost 
Honestly, that prison reminded me of the. I think it's called the Raft in the MCU universe. Yeah, you know, like just kind of like I was thinking out, that like, too. <laughs> in the dead center of the whatever ocean, you know, that shall not be named. You know, like it's like uncharted waters, and then you know you just drag them all the way down there, and you know, like oh, which I thought was pretty cool. It was cool to see like that's you know I, it's I'm a really go... good prison design. I mean, you get people might... like Kino who can't mm-hmm. swim, so even if they break <laughs> out, <laughs> yeah, you always send people who don't know how to swim. Only prisoners yeah. who have never learned to that prison, and it's yep. perfect. That was something I wanted to touch on too. Like it was so nice to like um see like you know I mean like t- I want to talk a little bit about the like just the production behind this show too. You know, like the fact that um I mean it was a lot so of practical nice. sets. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like actual, like practical. I like, felt sets that kind of almost feel lived in. You know, like it felt like like these weren't just like you know, oh, quick, like let's all get into like a CGI dome real quick and let's like put up a backdrop, or whatever. Which I mean, to a degree, I know that there is still a fair amount of CGI to get, that has to be used in every single Star Wars, you know, property. But um, they, they didn't shoot in actual space. Yeah, the- what do you mean? Yeah, hold what? on. <laughs> they, 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 they couldn't shoot in actual space. Oh what? no, no, sorry. They, they Tom Cruise is not behind this project, so you know he didn't get the funding to <laughs> make them all go shoot in outer space. <laughs> um, anyways, though, uh, but just really like cool. I did love, I loved, well, because like the first opening like scene from episode one was like him in this really kind of like kind of felt like kind of like off the like kind of like this lost city or like this kind of like you know like kind of like maybe like Las Vegas type city or whatever you know like there's like there's like. In the first five minutes, like, you know, he's getting approached by women, like, hey, you want to come back and have a drink? And I was like, oh, shit, like, Star Wars, what are you doing right now? Like, damn, like, why have I not seen this part of the Star Wars universe before? You know, like, how come nobody comes to this planet more often or this city or whatever? Um, but, you know, it's just like it, it was nice to see, like, all these different environments that, you know, I feel like don't really get shown a lot in other Star Wars, you know, uh, uh, shows and movies. And, you know, the the planet that he gets, like, busted on, so to speak, you know, where he's arrested, like... I've never seen a planet that looks that luxurious or, you know, like, it felt, it literally felt like the Cabo San Lucas of the Star Wars universe. You know, just people out suntanning, you know, with these nice little, like... I'm just uh, glad there's no sand planets. <laughs> yeah, oh, I yeah. was going to oh, mention the, the Tatooine It was so refreshing. It was so refreshing not to get any sand or snow or, like, I mean, not, I mean, nothing against Hoth or anything like that, but, you know, like, they did, like, that. that's what I loved about this show, too. Like, it didn't, they didn't give you, like, the stereotypical, oh, yeah, here's another sand planet, here's another snow planet, oh, here's another, like, woodland planet or whatever, you know? And not that we hate those planets, you know, at all, but it's just, like, it's nice to see them expand this universe more with not just, you know, these different storylines and character arcs, but also just, like, you know, these new environments that feel very that feel very much lived in, or that it feels like, it feels like a living, breathing, you know, like, character of its own, so to speak, yeah. like... Ferrix, you know, Ferrix was a great, you know, just, I love the way the town was set up, you know, all those, you know, kind of like uh, Adobe-like walls, you know, like, you know, like that kind of like out of red clay, and I like that there's a guy that bangs on a giant, you know, like, that uh, dude was stone every day. To... I'm so happy to see him in the finale being a badass, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Do we, we not love the? Do we not love the moment where he Sparta kicked that one soldier yep. that's coming up? He's like, "No, you're not going to interrupt me." <laughs> uh, so that was amazing. So many good like moments too. for the smaller characters. Continue. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Another thing too, I liked a lot too, and this is me just like 
I'm really just kind of like going on a rant right now about all these little things that I felt that it, was it's worth being kind of sad, taken from yeah. or inspired. But I also like the intro, like just the intro to each one of these episodes too. Like I love the way how it shows, you know, um, the sun kind of rising behind the planet and then it becomes like the title, you know, Andor. Like I, lo- I love that whole sequence. And a lot of the music throughout the show, it very much reminded me of Mass Effect to a degree. Like, Yo, like, that is exactly what I was thinking the whole time. I, like, I'm glad that you mentioned that. A new that. episode was starting or anytime <laughs> we, were moving, we were transitioning from like one scene to the next. Like It very much felt like... like there was God, a like, heavy like Mass Effect Mass vibe Effect to again. that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, Which I made think it feel it like happened... something more like... It made it feel like a much more grander sci-fi experience, even though, I mean, obviously I know I'm watching Star Wars, you know, this is still Star Wars, but, you know, Star Wars has its, like, you know, like, traditional, like, oh, you know, John Williams, or, you know, like, like, yeah, we know the, Star Wars like, we has know all the, had great music throughout, but it's yeah. nice to hear I'm, something I'm not trying to downplay what John Williams has done, because John Williams is obviously god-tier when it comes to scoring and music in general, yeah. like, you know, I, I, I can never throw shade or hate towards John Williams' way, but it was so nice to hear the show do... I mean, even Mandalorian, too, even though we're not talking about well, Mandalorian. You know, I was going to mention, Mandalorian bit... has one, like, thematic yeah. tone in its, like, stuff that I, that we all know. Like, we immediately recognize, oh, hey, Mandalorian. Um, otherwise, like, the, the music doesn't stand out to me too much with, with the Mandalorian. It's It's got its yeah. own unique, like, very, like, okay, that's the Mandalorian sound to it. Um, right. But, and I guess oh. it's nice that they're kind of establishing these distinct tones for all these different Star Wars properties. So that yeah, way, you know, definitely. they don't all kind of just like blend in with each other. Even though, obviously, this is one whole universe, and to a degree, it's all somewhat connected. But it's nice that they could use certain types of sounds and overall scores to kind of, you know, separate them to some degree. Uh, but just, I mean, I just love the fact that Andor, like, anytime I heard the music, you know, I heard the score starting up, or I heard a new transition you know music playing over a transition scene i was like oh my god like i literally felt like i was fucking uh captain Sh- or, you know commander shepherd you know about to fly off to a new planet from <laughs> it, crazy it was, ass mission i yeah i'm so happy that you mentioned that caster because like seriously i i kept feeling that way and thing in moments and stuff and i think it was i think a lot of it uh came when we were at corazon too um, which felt very appropriate for, you know, like reflecting on like the Citadel from Mass Effect and stuff. So, oh, or yeah, just being 100%. on the, on the ship on, the, on the Normandy. Yeah. Like, but, I, yeah I'm it, sure, I'm sure it was by design, but I like, I, I, I'd be hard. I would like, not the be same surprised person if it was inspired who, or who had some yeah, connection to it. the score of Mass Effect. Maybe yeah. also had something to do with the score for this show. Cause it very much felt like on, like on par with, uh, yeah, look at here. I mean, I see like a Nicholas Bertel. Let me look at the name here. Uh, Bertel, Nicholas Bertel. I, it sounded initially like very uh, on John Williams, you know, which I'm glad, right? Because obviously they've they've worked that poor man to that, my, like, yeah, forty <laughs> years plus of like make all of our stuff. Which I mean, obviously job security, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm oh, glad yeah. they went a little bit different with this. And uh, yeah, I was a little unsure at first, but. Uh, yeah, I, I was liking the music too. Yeah, it was definitely yeah refreshing and yeah, I I definitely liked that a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of um, are there any other like moments in the finale that you guys like felt were were really well done? Um, oh, we we didn't mention Cyril saving 
his yeah, love. Yeah, I was waiting. Remember, okay, <laughs> Jeremy, do you remember the message I sent you? I didn't <laughs> yeah, watch I it before you had. The, I always said was, I started the... is such a simp, is what I, I said. <laughs> that, that is all I got in regards to a tease <laughs> of this finale, and I was like, oh no, what am I about to well, watch? I, I was waiting for him to drop the milady when she's like, oh, thank you. And he's like, you don't have to. And I was like, milady. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that would have just, I would have been on the floor laughing. Classic uh, Cyril Figgis. Oh, was... sorry, that's from Archer. <laughs> We're dealing with the Cyril Figgis. Cyril Figgis. Sure, Friday. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of discourse online where people are on... Um, both sides of the argument of whether or not their relationship is romantic or not. So we're like, there's such thing as plato- platonic uh, admiration. Yeah. And then we're yeah. like, no, it's definitely romantic. It's like, I mean, I think he probably feels some sort of romantic incline, but it's just his yeah. strong romance for the empire. And she's yeah. like empire incarnate. <laughs> I don't know if it's like a trope or an, it might be a trope. Cause it's reminding me of something that I feel like I've seen before, but I feel like he's the kind of guy that's just like, he, because uh, the relationship he has with his mother, you know, which is kind of, I mean, this is like an all right relationship for the most part, but she, you know. Does um, it? She was, Does it? I don't know. By my standard, I don't know. Shit, <laughs> maybe I got to examine my relationship with my own mother. I don't know. Anyways, but <laughs> for another podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's just you know, like the kind of shit that he gets from his mom, you know, like, oh, you know, like, like she's never really all that impressed with him. Also, maybe like with, uh, Deidre, am I saying her name right? Deidre, Deidre, yeah. Deidre, Deidre, like he constantly felt the need, like, okay, well, this, like, I, I gotta prove to somebody my worth, you know, I gotta show somebody that, you know, I'm not just you know, like this, like, like this bumbling whatever, you know, like I'm just like, you know, a good for nothing, you know, like, I guess simpleton or whatever, like, you know, he constantly has to prove his worth to, like, you know, the higher ups to make, you know, to let him know that he's serious about what he does and why he belongs, you know there you know why he has yeah. a purpose in the empire and all that and i, I guess with detro detro was like that. just go to like hey you know i mean apart from the fact that obviously there is i'm sure he's got some kind of you know just genuine physical if not romantic attraction towards her and he's like hey i see what you're doing and i'm literally like i like you got the same goals as me like i'm trying to take this motherfucker down too i just want to you know i want to i want to pro- i want to prove to the empire like hey i should be running this shit like i shouldn't be the guy who's just punching codes in you know in some random um, glorified office or whatever, you know, I should be the guy giving orders, I should be the guy in charge, I should be the guy who's running this shit, and and maybe yeah. that's why, you know, the series kind of brought these two characters together, or is kind of, naturally, they're kind of finding themselves, you know, running into each other and coming together through different Naturally uh, different running parts. into it's each like, other. <laughs> may, and, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah so naturally running into each other. <laughs> and nothing uh, that kind uh, of, like, bother me about like you going from branching from the serial thing he brings his best buddy you know his his guy <laughs> oh his yeah yeah, yeah. Security force with him and then he just leaves him like you see him at the end yeah linus okay he's just sitting yeah, there just drinking against the wall just kind of all like depressed looking and he just left him there because you see him by himself yeah i mean mm-hmm. that's like his his little cohort his little I, no. I I do think I mean, like I think it's to, safe to say that within the Empire, bros before hoes definitely you know is not something they embody all that well. I don't want to know the the Empire's take on any of that, <laughs> but uh, no, I do think like to to a bit of Castor's point, um, Cyril Cyril want I mean he started out wanting to be this strict code 
uh, ethic person of of doing his job in in this security role and obviously uh dedra is is like the pinnacle of that Mm -hmm. um so he he idolizes like her position her her way of you know the way she comes off is she seems like how he wanted to have a leadership um mentor uh, so to speak you know versus his old boss who was like sweep it under the desk it doesn't matter but she's yeah. turning over every stone and he wanted to turn over every stone so the it's admiration for that control and that power and i think yeah. it's maybe oh, that yeah. control and... control and power he wants to feel over his own life and he even has all his clothes tailored like he tries to dress for the job that he wants yeah Definitely. exactly exactly <laughs> You know, he so. very much wants to impress, and he wants he wants to have that validation from somebody. You know, he wants to prove his worth, and you know, and I I, I know I've seen that. I mean, obviously, I've seen characters like that from past shows and movies in the past. Because I mean, you know, it's tip, it's not. I mean, there's obviously many relationships in our own everyday lives that stem from like, oh, you have some, you have a position that I want or that I very much envy, and I want to be like you. And then with that, you know, that draws you closer to that person. And then you suddenly become enraptured in like in everything that they represent or who they are. Yeah, well, you coming know? full circle on that, it's it's exactly what we stated with all these characters feeling so you know real, like everyday people. You know, like we we see yes, that you exactly, know, at exactly. our own jobs and stuff where people can act that way towards someone. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, I mean, as far as those two characters on screen. It still makes me uncomfortable, but in one of the best <laughs> ways possible. Because I mean, like, well, it's I think just... the last scene that we see him in is like when he literally saves her from being like pummeled by all you know all the people. She was gonna get ripped to shreds, dude. Yeah, that was, and then he uh... like you know he like takes her in. It's like, oh, hey, I, don't worry, I got this one. I got this one. Like, like you go after the others. But then they all then they shack up and like in that random little hut or storage. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way. Oh yeah, yeah. Closet, yeah. and then. That's just it. Like that. Like then they share a few lines. Like, oh, it's good to see you. Like, oh my god, I thought I was gonna die. It's like, don't worry. I, so, got, I like. Yeah, I was like, I, I should thank you, and he's like, yeah. no need, miss. <laughs> no need. <laughs> and then we just move on from that, and we don't see those two characters again for the rest of the finale. But yeah, I'm I believe, sure which is fine. Be we don't need to. Oh, in the next definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be another time skip thing where I wouldn't be surprised if she or if Cyril ends up being a bit of her right hand, maybe yeah. um, her previous right hand and Cyril get into it and stuff. Well, you know, no, because so, that guy dies like her right hand dude, like the guy that was an agent. Remember the Cinta, uh, the girl like stabbed oh, that guy? That I'm pretty sure he was the whole time. That I'm makes so much more sense like, because we haven't on... seen him in the past couple episodes. So that was, yeah, I mean, that probably was him. I, I, I mean, just he's, didn't he's put in it a position where, like, Cyril can easily fill that position that, that this makes, guy just yeah. died when she stabs him. Yeah. And, and again, so ha- like, to that scene, so happy that Sinta was on his ass because as we, as you and I, Joss, and in the, the other podcast episode, like, we were talking about or I mentioned that I was like, I'm not positive if they know or if Cinta knows, but you were saying that she was kind of like looking over him and stuff. So I'm, I'm just glad that she actually... The two like, agents just like hanging out and Spy same, on spy. <laughs> Fucking, spy on spy, exactly. Who's the better spy? Uh, yeah, that was so good. Um, and you, yeah, yeah. As far as like Zero filling that spot, it, it makes perfect sense that that they did it that way so now she needs someone 
<laughs> It'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot. Um, I do think I'm that sure, I'm sure if they don't do... I'm sure there's some fans on there that are shipping uh, Cyril and Deidre. I'm sure they got oh, some Deidre. Oh, definitely. Deidre. Deidre. Yeah. Deidre fans or whatever. Deidre? Oh, sounds like a Pokemon. Deidre. <laughs> Deidre. <laughs> I don't... Like, now that we're alone, I can show you my Deidre. No, I'm kidding. Oh, hell. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so what do you guys, like, what do you think is going to happen next season? Like, maybe some predictions. Well, I I do think that this uh, the ending scene with Luthen and Cassian definitely gives us a very straightforward way of ending up at Yavin, um, because where else could Luthen take him to be you know like under the judgment of the rebellion, you know whether he's looking whether other what. Whether Cassian's looking to be executed, thrown in prison for you know not wanting to do this, or or um, or given a chance to prove himself to be as loyal as he can, I if they don't do an immediate time skip, I expect to see you know Luthen and Andor show up at Yavin uh, at the beginning of season okay. two. Okay, get a battle um, of Yavin next season, and you've been saying that. Well, we, the Battle of Yavin is the um, is the Death Star fight uh, at the end of Episode what? Four. Yeah, because that like they, they, they set up the, for that then. Yeah, kind of uh, our first like glimpse at at the uh, Yavin Rebel base um, because we we do get it touched here and there. I think the Rebels animated series had a couple scenes there, um, and we actually got to see like R two and. Um, and see three PO there because obviously they're on the ship with Leia, um, so it's kind of like R two and C three PO have always kind of been around this Rebel Alliance, just you know, not really. I mean, R two seems to know everything that's going on, but C three PO. The two Rebel Alliance uh, leaders. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's always been them. It's always been them. They've been there from the beginning. I mean, yeah. R2 especially, because I, I don't know if you guys remember this detail, but they never wiped R2's memory. Yeah, he's memory. never been wiped, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's rolling wild. around the universe with a dirty ass. Never had his ass wiped. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but it's... Uh, right, I swear, don't worry. To our followers, you will get used to these jokes of mine. Trust me, uh, th- This is, time. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is part of the course. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think next season, like, it's definitely going to collapse in on Mon Mothma in some way. I feel mm, like it's yeah. going to get way too close to her. She's not going to be able to run forever. And she's finally going to have to just abandon her politician lifestyle. Well, we do go, like, see full... the um, the introduction to uh, to the arranged marriage. Uh, yeah, at the her end daughter. Of that, yeah, so. and I never knew she had a daughter, so it's really interesting how that plays yeah. out with her and her daughter and you know she started the whole uh gambling thing with her husband and Such you know that's clever... be... oh. well that's be further backed by the fact that she can claim that her husband arranged that marriage to that seedy uh you know loan guy the loan oh he's like some not a loan shark no uh, he he's, he's a, a banker he a banker he's just like not the most reputable yeah, like he 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 knows how to work the system because he he's 
he he's the yeah. one like all the crime lords would go to to make yeah, sure that exactly. money's clean Let me and everything. In, in the Star Wars world, would you call that like a lobbyist or something like that? Like someone you go to, like, hey, I need money, but you can, you know, like, hey, can you get it from call somewhere the rich else? Just, like, off the books, you know? Like... We call that the yeah. Canary Islands. The <laughs> yeah, I got um, some off. Uh, I got some off, offshore uh, accounts. Galaxy. Uh-huh, accounts, we call that. Yeah. <laughs> off, play, off, some play, off, off sector. I got some off sector accounts. You know, I can maybe look into. You know. Yeah. yeah exactly. I could definitely see that problem. though, Joss. Like, I could definitely <laughs> see shit really hitting the fan for Mon, or or her family being taken down because in the end she's leaving this this bread trail for her husband to take the hits with. Uh, with the money in case yeah. things don't work out or um or if the marriage doesn't you know pan out i mean like the, the problem daughter. is is like she doesn't trust the guy the this banker um and i don't think any of us should but like it's she's she's covering her bases. It's very like oh, yeah. like you guys said, like the House of Cards themes are so good in, in the mm-hmm. in Mon Mothma's political background stuff that we get to hear. Oh yeah, like, so it's, well written. It's yeah. So well written for that. So yeah, I I just love how how we do see this contrast where Mon's so like burdened and like kind of struggling, but when it counts, like she's freaking on it like she knows how to cover her bases she knows what to look for and what to do to kind of get herself in a better position overall so it, it'll be Definitely, regardless yeah. i'm so excited to see what second season will do with her character yeah and they're showing her in a uh apparently she had been in there had been a scene where it was essentially the birth of like the rebellion where it shows you know padme being you know, actually having some forethought to gather, like the, or, you know, Bail Organa, Mon yeah. Mothma, some of the other leaders, mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of be like, hey, y'all, I, I want you to start this rebellion. You know, I want you to get this all in place because I, I know things are about to go down. Um, but they deleted that scene, but that same actress was Mon, like, all those years ago in prequel. Wow. They just never showed her. Uh, so she actually got to come back and uh, reprise her role, the, the role you never knew she had. That that's amazing. I love that because I think wow. she does. Now a great that job is job character. security. The fact that <laughs> that is job security. I, know. <laughs> like, I do a deleted uh, now that scene. Now you waited all this time, we need you. Your day has come. Can you imagine? You never knew you were going to get that call, and then you do this series all these years later. They're like, yeah. hey, remember that one scene, I mean, that deleted scene? You I did? imagine she's got a pretty good. I don't follow this actress uh, entirely, but I'm sure she's had a, pre- a pleasant career between the prequel movies and then now with the show but i mean yeah it's still just the fact that you're still like kind of like on i don't know what you how you would phrase it, like you're still like on retainer or you're on call like hey remember we had you play this our voices one character back in the prequels or whatever like can you come back and like we need you again it's like oh yeah sure i'm what am i doing sure it's star wars i'll do it mm-hmm. i'm available i'm down <laughs> yeah, yeah but... i'm not really sure she's uh done either uh had to look into that yeah, yeah, but do I mean, more she's, of the I, mean, I, I do dig her overall, just like demeanor. You know, the way she embodies the character of Mon. Oh right yeah, now, like excellent casting. Um, I'm sure she's. I, done, I wish we did like, get to see her in in that deleted mm-hmm. scene, or that deleted scene is somewhere I can find it because that'd be really interesting. I know, like as far as like Mon Mothma as a character, I I'm pretty sure we have seen her in the Clone Wars animated series. Um, 
interact with Padme through through a handful of episodes. Nothing that like uh, was in that vein. Actress. Well, not not the actress, just the character Mon Mothma. Right, right. Yeah, um, and then we do get to see Mon um, Mothma's character, the character in Star Wars Rebels, which Mothra? is supposed to be taking <laughs> place. Mon Mothra. Yes, Mon Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. She's no, just I in her cocoon phase right now. The Empire won't stand a chance against Godzilla if it's on the rebellion side. <laughs> um. But yeah, the Rebels animated series is supposed to be taking place around the same time as as Andor. So I'm wondering if we, if during those time skips and stuff, if we'll get to kind of like see something where it puts Mon's um, ability to interact with the with the Rebel characters. Um, obviously, we're not going to see any of those characters most likely because they're not doing any, you know, um, catering to fans or, or any of that nostalgia hype um but just if you could almost like from a uh time um timeline perspective if you if we can piece the uh pieces of episodes together um and be like oh this episode probably takes place around this time of the rebels and then this episode takes place over here and stuff like that it might be vague enough where we don't. I don't like this season one of Andor doesn't give any tells on what's going on on the uh, animated uh, series side of things. So I, I don't know if we'll actually get any of that, but it'd be cool. You know, it, it's one of those weird like Star Wars nerdy things that I like to do. <laughs> How about you, Castro? What do you think season two might have in store for us? Uh, Honestly, I mean, I'm pretty horrible about predicting the future or whatnot. I mean, all I could, all I could really say, not so much what I, or I guess what I think will happen, but what I hope to see more of is just, you know, these, uh, I hope to see more of these characters, you know, building up the rebellion, you know, I hope we get to see some new areas that we haven't seen before in the Star Wars universe. And then, I mean, at some point, too, we're going to get the introduction of um, that one KS unit. Uh, what is that robot's, or that android's name? Uh, I the red square? No, the um the the one in Rogue One, the, the one our Rogue droid one. companion. That droid is played by Alan Tudyk. Okay, two so he's supposed to show up too. Uh, I think right. in season two at some point. So it'll be cool to see the introduction of his character, how him and Cassian form, you know, their relate uh their relationship. Yeah, that will be. Is um, that confirmed to be happening? I'm pretty sure. I think oh, someone told me. I think I have a friend who kind of like he's also like very much like yeah. he has friends that kind of like in the in the in the who, in the who knows what about Hollywood like you know uh, development and planning and all that. I think it's already been said that they do. It is planned for season two to kind of like introduce to introduce KS two O at some point. You know, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, that, that's what, exciting. So then, what do they do with that? Was it B two? emo yeah b2 emo i i mean i don't know but that droid needs to to be protected with everything the rebel alliance has at all costs (laughs) yeah like when that that is the most endearing droid walked up and kicked that droid over when he was you know about the i like how that set off everyone they're like oh you kicked my droid (laughs) oh hell no Shit's about to go it's, down. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's kind of weird. I feel like I should be tired of the droid trope, the droid companion trope in Star Wars. Um, but every time they do one, 
they give it enough personality or a different personality enough where I'm like, no, I like what you did with this one instead, like or like for yeah. this series. Um, I mean, again, B is literally I will die for that drawing. <laughs> like he is the most endearing, com- like cute, adorable. Like uh, I just uh, I can't put it into words of just like how much I adore that like you know he he's so innocent he just wants to yeah he want to be with marva and yeah you no know, yeah it was interesting that yeah. you know tony and the writers decided to go with his perspective when you know the episode they showed through his lens and you don't mm. really show marva die and i think that was a choice um to kind of set up the joy you know b2 emo is also someone someone important you know important character uh, yeah um give him some importance and development yeah like like i mentioned earlier it's just like some of these smaller characters have gotten such good like moments to them it's it's really really nice to see that and i think that goes to the point too just like a fundamental uh, acting is like you know yes there are small actors i.e but you know um but there's never like small there should never be like small part like no part is necessarily small unless you treat it like it's a small part and this show definitely didn't treat any character or any you know like droid for that matter like it was like just there you know to be this little thing and then to be forgotten right after like everything kind of stands out and everything feels you know like it feels uh memorable you know everybody has like these memorable you know like dialogue and moments you know that i feel only I mean, hopefully we'll just carry on into the next season. Yeah. I mean, it should carry on into the next season. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that they knew that they would have the second season when they got the first season. So it it really should feel like we're we're just right back into it once we start getting those episodes. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if uh, if either of you are aware of like when that season is predicted to launch or drop or anything. Well, I'm I sure imagine... they've already started working on it. Uh, they're yeah. doing season two. They're definitely prior to start working. In Most likely, all but filming. yeah, I I would expect at earliest a year. You know, probably next year, same time. Yeah, I, given that we're kind of like in the last quarter of 2022, like it's our. I mean, we're already going to be in December, like less than a few days. And now that the show is just officially ended, just as of Thanksgiving week, I imagine we'll probably not get Andor season two to maybe sometime in early to middle of 2024. Just because, even because I mean, right when they have, I mean, they're going to shoot. There's pre-production, then there's regular production, and then there's the post-production, and that all can take anywhere from like that. Usually takes roughly about I think nine months to a year at at best. You know, just because you know there's all these different hands that have to you know. Yeah. I'm wondering though, show, like because edit it. Yeah, I, I'm. I just wonder, like, how much they may have already filmed in season one, essentially. Because I mean, you could do multiple. You know, since they knew that they had season two, they could have already done some scenes or or certain, you know, pieces already. Um, mm-hmm. It's all I, budgetary too. Yeah. Like, it's all just a matter of how much budget they have. Yeah. To simultaneously do this or shooting scenes or how much they can get actors. Um, yeah, I'm sure it has to do with Disney, you know, financials and you know, based on the viewership, how much they're willing to, uh, I guess, put effort in as far as yeah. you know, money and oh yeah. 
You know, I kind of just, I poked around to see if I could find out when exactly Season 2 would be dropping. I stumbled upon this random article, which is from, oh, Esquire, funny enough. They're kind of okay. like a fashion magazine. But sometimes they cover, like, you know, pop culture stuff or, like, yeah. movie themes and whatnot. And it says here that the crea- one of the creators simply said that they're going to turn it up to 11 for Season 2. There's going to be more people, more planets, and more worlds, he told Esquire. There's an amazing yeah, storyline about this new group of people. And we expect all our fans to just, you know, we want them to be excited for what's to come with the next season of Andor. Hey, I'm already excited, but yeah, that that definitely excites me more. I mean, I I don't know if they intend on having even more episodes um, than 12, but, you know, they could definitely do a lot. I mean, we're we're not... It's not a foreign idea to have different... Because I've, I'm, I mean, I'm just so used now to all these shows being like no more than six, if not eight episodes, and I'm always like, I mean, unless they're like hour or go past an hour long, you know, episodes, I'm like fine. But if they're simply just like half an hour, forty minute episodes, I'm like, oh come on, like give us at least ten. Like I think ten should yeah, be standard. You know yeah, what's funny episodes. is I initially thought, and I, I told Jeremy this, uh, or I'm sorry, Remy B, um, that I thought it had ten <laughs> episodes. I texted like, oh wow, but well, that's a weird season finale. And then I realized, oh, no, there's two more episodes. So I thought it was yeah. even 10 as well. Uh, and I wasn't sad to know that there was two more coming. But, uh, yeah. yeah, apparently that's just an instinct that I, I had. Uh, it's, it's a weird thing rare, that this is. one of those rare shows where, like, wait, there's more episodes? Oh, great. Like, you know, like, oh, it's like, oh, God, I can't believe there's two more. Huh? How am I going to get through these? But, you know, yeah. I'm so glad. Oh, no. <laughs> I won't lie. I think twelve Nothing was felt a like very filler. good. Nothing felt like filler at all. Oh, like every episode, definitely I think, not. Served, like had a clear, you know, like definitely served its purpose, and you know, it was just furthering the storyline more and more. Like you know, there was not one episode that kind of like fell off or made you think like, oh god, this is just one of those filler episodes or whatever. Like I felt like every episode had something like great to offer, and you know, mm-hmm. gave us more. So you know, gave us more. Intro, you know, uh, insight as to what these characters are trying to achieve and what they're about and all that. So, I know I, I th- like overall this show was just fantastic. I thought it was really, really great, and I hope Star Wars. I hope other people that are coming into this Star Wars fold or that are maybe being asked to do Star Wars movies and show <clears throat> Taika Waititi. I hope you can, you know, maybe <laughs> take- we're gonna say that oh. point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying, you know, like. Don't like just because something has worked so well for so long doesn't mean you have to like you know do it to a T you know like you I mean and while I know certain directors definitely have their own formulas or their own you know their tropes what they're known for and they'll definitely throw them into the Star Wars pot and make their own thing but I mean I just hope you can look at something like Andor and really see like what what like when you don't care about what the fans think and you're not trying to give them everything that they that they know they want but you give them like something that's fresh something that feels you know something give them that's, a good story and good writing yeah, got a good writing, <laughs> that's genuine, all i ask genuine storylines <laughs> yeah. you know f- like fully like lived in characters you know people that actually feel relatable in this you know in this crazy ever expanding star wars universe you know like i mean i feel like at the end of the day that's what fans really want to see like I mean, that's what general audiences, you know, want to see, you know, they just want to see something that, you know, really feels like, you know, it just feel, even though it's like in this grand spectacle of a world that's quote unquote galaxies far, far away, it feels like something that, you know, that we can all relate to and that we can all, you know, believe in and quote unquote, you know, have that, you know, forms that new hope for a star. Like, dare I say this, if I was writing, if I was doing my own fucking review for Andor, like if I had my own review channel, whatever, I'd be like, Andor is a new hope for the Star Wars 
franchise. Like, that's how I would phrase it. Like, literally, <laughs> this show is a new hope for Star Wars fans and for the franchise in total. So what, yeah. what movie would be the Revenge of the Sith of uh, the Star Wars universe? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we got we got Fett? a lot coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll uh, see. Yeah. Yeah, we, we there's definitely a lot coming. Um, next year, there's, there's a lot of Star Wars content to drop. Um, some of the more anticipated stuff is still a couple years out, but, I mean, we do have the, the next... Um, season of the bad batch animated series at the beginning of next year we got um mando in february um yep and Just then time there's <laughs> it'll be it'll be good um so i mean lots of star wars content to come but that's uh that, that well, there you guys go this is that's our take on andor uh up until this point obviously with the season finale uh, a, a last chance. Anyone have anything else they want to add? Little small, little anything? Nothing really, but I just want to say life was so much simpler before they dropped uh, episode 9 and they brought back Palpatine. And then just <laughs> like a few months later, you know, the whole world fell apart and COVID happened. Like, I think if they didn't well, bring back Palpatine, we would have been set on a much better Time time time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's the hot text. We needed at least one. I mean, we definitely had a few last uh, last episodes. You could have so just let that go. man be lost <laughs> in the dark shadows of the Star Wars universe, but no, you just had to bring him back, J.J. Abrams. You just had to bring back Palpatine from the from wherever the fuck he r- fell from in, at the end of uh, episode six. Oh, man, that, that, that'd then, be a whole other uh, podcast. Ranting oh, about God. that newest yeah. uh, trilogy. <laughs> that, that's a whole other... I'm not even going to get into my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, <laughs> we, we'll we definitely do retrospectives, I imagine. I mean, I like I said, there's no oh, shortage yeah. of Star Wars content to come, but I imagine, you know, we will have moments where, hey, maybe, maybe we want to discuss or look back on those, so... It, it, it keep it, keep your eyes out, everyone, uh, or your ears open yeah. rather. But um, I mean, there's gonna be a nice new fresh year of a whole bunch of things, not just stars related, but you know, we got the new Last of Us show coming out, which I'll definitely want to do some episodes on for sure. Oh, we we have a lot. Uh, I, I won't there's break so much down everything culture. yet. But, yeah, yeah, like there's a lot yeah, to like, happen. It's gonna be a full fun next year of different things to talk and discuss about. I mean, I know if you guys do want to. Yeah keep track of what those potential episodes are when they're going to drop and how we're going about it make sure to follow us on twitter at entertain quest not entertainment quest because they don't let my handles be so long but entertain quest is the handle for twitter follow us there keep updated with our posts our episodes um that's where all the where i notify everyone for the drops and everything so yeah, we hope to that you guys have been entertained on this quest, and I hope to see you all on the next one.